Oh, hey, uh, Roger, we, sorry guys, that's, uh, this is Halos in the infield. Hey, hey, this is Todd Fox. This isn't Roger Lodge show. Uh, we had the train trying to interrupt us. Uh, so this is Todd Fox and who's on the, who's my co-host? Beep, 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 Halo Hunk for life. Oh, go Angels. <laughs> Beep, beep, beep. I'm a Halo Hunk for life. I it's... love you, Roger. I want to sit with you in the nosebleeds at the Arctic and feel even better. You get to sit in the 600 section. Yeah. <laughs> God. Can you imagine if the Angels had a 600 section? They'd be like Dodger. <laughs> like at Dodger Stadium, you know how they have that, like, those seats that legitimately give you a nosebleed? Oh, yeah. The red level. That's so high up, you, dude. You got to, like, duck because, like, they planes are flying in <laughs> lax is nowhere near could you imagine if it was though they'd be so scary because those buildings are right there i'd be, be terrified the entire time it'd be worse than the old shea stadium with the airplanes um but yeah I well, what a shea stadium I, I never did either but i've heard stories man i've heard stories uh welcome into halos in the infield podcast um we are uh two at this time obviously uh courtney not here um, but uh, she'll be back for the next episode. But this was a hey, she's week. not here, though. I'm going to say that we're the two. I'm just saying. Okay. Well, you got to count this guy behind me, Artie Moreno. He's he's always oh. he's always over my shoulder for some uncomfortable reason. But hell, hombre. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you get the pass since you're a Latino, so I don't. He's always he's watching. got that like billion dollar mustache. He does, doesn't he? Uh, he needs a monopoly Is- cane, though. He need, he needs that. He needs a monocle. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> monocle Artie. I like Monocle Artie. Monocle Artie is like hooded Carmelo Anthony. Oh. <laughs> Dude, yeah. here he comes playing left field. Monocle Artie. <laughs> said coming up. You think you think Artie's like jacked or no? Uh, I think he used to be. When he first bought the team, he looked pretty, pretty big. I saw him at a press conference and then uh over the years, he looks pretty fragile. Uh, I've seen him in, uh, what is it, uh, spring training. And he walked by us, and, dude, I my dad looked more buff than he did. I'm just saying. My dad's 80, so or close to 80. Uh, but we're going to get into, on this uh, on this podcast, we're going to be talking Blue Jays and Angels baseball. And hey, I'll then, say he had some pecs in 2003. I mean, I'll say that. <laughs> See? I, I knew it. Yeah, I, I, I remember he was walking around strutting his stuff, man. He was. Uh, but but all that all the losing and all that gin and and uh, and whiskey and uh, he's he lost his form. Let's just say that. Uh, so so what do you got first up on the docket, my friend? Anything you want to get out there before we get started, or you want to talk about the Blue Jays? I mean, we could jump into the Blue Jays series. I'm just gonna say, like you know, you guys know that we're hardcore fans. I mean, we we put literally to say that you and I and everyone else on this page has two full time jobs is an understatement. I mean, I work a full-time job. You work a full-time job. And when we're not doing that, the rest of our lives involve being on our cell phones. Like, I always used to make fun of, like, content creators on, like, YouTube and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. who they're like, oh, I'm so busy. And I'm just like, there's no way, bro. I mean, you, you literally just make content on your phone. But no, <clears throat> we're still small and we're that busy. But anyway, what I wanted to say was we're as hardcore as it gets. A lot mm-hmm. of our listeners are too. But – is it wrong that at this point when they lose, I'm just kind of numb? I'm just like, oh, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's fine. Have you hit that point yet of the season where you're just like, whatever? I mean, it, it is what it is. I, I uh, unfortunately did, I think, uh, right after the Dodgers series. Um, it was just um, 
every time the Angels would, would come back and give you hope and like other teams would open the door and say, come on back into the race, guys. You're right there. You just got to take care of what's in front of you. And every time I get my hopes up, um, they were dashed all season. And just like a lot of you, I mean, 25 times back to 500 um, is pretty pathetic. And I think I finally have tapped out. And especially, unfortunately, like I said on the post game, with football creeping up, it's like, okay, you know, I'm ready, man. I'm ready to just put a nail in the coffin. You know? Well, like I said, good news for you is I don't give a damn about football. So I mean, when you need me to take over those post games, I got you. Well, let's just say you'll be doing some Sundays, and um, I don't know if I don't think they play on Monday early in the season. I think it's late in the season. So uh, yeah, you won't have to worry about a Monday, but maybe a Thursday involved. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna take a back seat to because uh, again, if this team is trying, if this team is is giving you something to watch, I'm all in. I'm still all in if we're eliminated. But, dude, I mean, come on. I mean, you're saying you're numb to it. I'm numb to it. We're hardcore fans, like you explained. I mean, how do we sell this to other hardcore fans? You know, I mean, I've told you guys all the time that for me, I, I'll go to an empty Angel Stadium. I don't care. I just like going to games. You know, mm-hmm. I like the atmosphere. I like the, you know, the, I like the interaction with the fans. Mm-hmm. So, to me, going to the stadium is going to the stadium. It doesn't matter if I'm seeing a team that's lost all season or a team that's lost all season long which is the case, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, for me, it's about going there, but I mean, you know, how do you convince other fans? It's just, you know, sometimes you just got to do it to do it. I agree. And, and we talked about too on the other, po- on the post game was the fact that, you know, when's the last time you've seen angel stadium, this empty, I mean, like you can't even blame it on the COVID anymore. Uh, you know, Anaheim fans are going everywhere without mask on. I and mean, I was in Brea, which is, close to uh, LA and also just a little bit in the Anaheim, Orange County area. And we went to a, uh, a comedy show, Tosh.0. Nobody wore a mask inside or out and um, everyone was fine with it. So, and that place was packed. So what's the excuse for the angels? Bad baseball. And uh, you're not putting a winner on the field or at least a team that the fans feel that's trying. I don't blame them for not showing up. I mean, yeah, it's been consistently like that though for a while. You know what I mean? We're, we, we've noticed a trend. We've noticed a trend. And, you know, I get it why, you know, maybe some casual fans don't want to go. I mean, you know, we live in Orange County, you know, mm-hmm. Southern California. There's so much other things to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. But, you know, well, I, I just don't know what it's going to take. I mean, you can always just say a winning team, but, you know. Um, I think it, it is if you build it, they will come. That fill the dreams thing. Um. The Angels, you know, they were the hottest ticket around there for a while in Orange County. You know, the only thing hot, well, the only thing hotter was Disneyland. But you basically had a sold-out stadium for a long time. And they yeah. worked their way into a situation now where, like the other day, you can get tickets for $3 and sit on the floor in that double header. So that's just how. One time, a couple of years ago, I want to say it's like 2018, I literally sat in row nine, field level, right behind first base for like $4. I wish I was joking. I'm not joking. I swear. It was like one of the last games of the year against Seattle. We were out of it at that point mathematically. And yeah, four bucks. I'm sure they were out of it too. So why go? You know, Um, you know, it's sad because again, you have a lot of hardcore fans. Like if you just browse Instagram and, uh, you know, forget about Facebook, Twitter and all those other stuff. But if you just browse Instagram, you could see on all these pages, um, the Taka, you know, the Taka, um, 
Shohei Otani, I was thinking of the guy who runs it, um, but Shohei Otani pages, um, the Angel pages, people are dedicated to this team year-round. And um, it's just sad that this thing could be so much bigger. And, you know, if this team were winning, you know, our page would be benefiting. It already has benefited from our startup and I think our good content, your ideas, and all of our, the team's ideas. But imagine where this page would be it just in two months, if this team was winning, bro, I mean, it affects everybody. Yeah, I mean, we can sit here and make excuses all day long, or we can just keep on looking at the fact that, you know, we keep progressing. By the way, for those of you guys listening, happy two-month anniversary. I mean, at the mm. time this is released, we'd be a little bit beyond. But the 13th of every month is our anniversary. And, I mean, I made a post earlier. I mean, 6,000-plus listens, you know, uh, what about a thousand over a thousand six hundred followers on Instagram, over five hundred Twitter followers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. Thanks, you guys. You guys are the best. Exactly. I mean, um, there's no other better, better way to say it. Um, but but yeah, definitely. If this team was winning, you'd have more people engaged. So now we're going to hit a spot where football season starts and people are going to uh, turn their attention away. And I've admitted to it. Um, you're you were a casual football fan, but I think you're going to stick with baseball. Uh, so there are going to be their hardcore that are going to follow this team to the very freaking end till it freaking sinks under the Atlantic Ocean or Pacific Ocean. And, um, you know, we'll just go from there. But um, we came here to talk baseball. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that are negative lately. But, um, you know, and, and go figure before we get into Toronto, who would have thought? Did you think at this time of the season, bro, our our pitching would be the strength of this team? Uh, you know, I would have, I actually thought the bullpen this year was going to be the strength. And before, you know, it, it looked decent on paper, right? I mean, Tony Watson, Steve Ciszek had a good career prior to coming here. Obviously, you know, Rysel had been Rysel with the Reds. So I was hoping he was going to bring that over here. You know, there was, there, I had enough hope there mm-hmm. that the Eagles were going to have a good bullpen. Boy, I will eat crow four <laughs> times. I was wrong, wrong wrong the bullpen has been literally the reason why we're in this position really you know though I mean today against the Astros I don't necessarily blame the bullpen but um, yeah I mean the starting has been a little bit surprising overall we've had some pretty good performances yeah and the youngsters coming up has given us some promise you know if, if you could take anything out of this season is that youngsters that we didn't think that we we're going to be playing are and most likely will in September. I know Packy was set down a page favorite, but um, I think when he comes back up in September, he should get his his uh, chances too. Um, you know, and we, we were kind of gauging things for next year. Um, just the most disappointing thing to me has just been the hitting and the lack of contact, the lack of situational baseball, launch angles. Um, what about you? I mean, are you the same way? Yeah, you know, for an offense that has so much potential, it's been really disappointing to see them, you know, not click. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, let's throw another quarter in the Fernando saying, you know, when the offense is going, the pitching is not there. Yeah. When the pitching is firing all cylinders, our offense isn't there. Mm-hmm. Seriously. I mean, I, if I had a dollar for every time I said it, I'd pay for everyone who's going <laughs> to the tailgate to have tickets. <laughs> because, you know, I mean, we've been saying it all season long. And, you know, once again, we can't make excuses for this team. At the end of the day, it's unacceptable. It shouldn't be this way. Mm-hmm. But 
it, it, it really is frustrating, man. I'm getting tired of it. I'm getting over it. It's like, it, it's not even the fact that we're missing the big hits. It's the fact that when, you know, you have a runner on third base with nobody out, how is that guy not scoring? Oh. You know, I understand that that situation happens 10 times. You're not going to do it all 10 times. I get that. But you should be scoring that guy seven or eight out of those 10 times if there's a runner on third base with less than one out, one out or less. You know, God, uh, try a suicide squeeze. You know what? You try a suicide squeeze, they throw the ball home, he gets out in time on off attack. Hey, we tried it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Pop the ball out. Not up. So the guy can score. Do something. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, situational hitting has been an Achilles heel for the last, what, month and a half? Mm-hmm. All I season, think, really. I think last year um, my dad was saying that over and over. He's like, dude, we just can't get the clutch hit. We can't get the hit with runners in scoring position. We can't get the sacrifice. And I really, really thought this season was going to be different. I thought we had different approach, different hitters. Uh, that we would be able to knock in some runs. They're just doing the same shit. Uh, nothing has changed. Um, Who, who's the clutch hitter your dad always talks about? Uh, well, he goes, like. he liked Fergosi back in the day, but he was a big GA fan. He he was like, okay. dude, whenever you know you got a guy on base, GA would come up with a big hit. And you know, I, I can't wait to meet him at the tailgate tomorrow. By the way, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I'm excited. I'm hoping um, he's animated because he was he was he was nervous on the podcast. I was trying to get him more upbeat. He was after the after the uh, thing. He was like, "I didn't bring up the walks. I really hate the walks." You know, he's <laughs> animated. Well, he better get ready for some question of the days because uh, I'm going <laughs> to ask Papa Fox and Trent Rush like a couple of our most popular questions of the days. I'm going to see what they say. Okay, looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Do we have to think of a really good question of the day for the tailgate? But we'll talk about that later. Okay, but. Um, Okay, so he, he he was a big GA guy, big Fergozzi. Is there anybody else who always talks about who was a clutch hitter? Um, yeah, I, he he did like uh, Brian Downing. Uh, that I think that was his first favorite power hitter. Um, you know, he goes back to Bilko, Steve Bilko, um, with the Los Angeles Angels, and then, uh, but but he for modern times, you know, he liked the play of Darren Erstad. Uh, he loved Tim Salmon, but he liked Garrett Anderson a little bit more because he's like he was just a quiet guy. Uh, my dad doesn't like flashy players, and you know, and and to be honest with you, <laughs> if Marsh turns into a superstar, I think my dad's gonna hate it because my dad is is totally anti like long hair and beards. He's always like, "Why do those guys? I don't see what women like in those guys: long beards and stupid long hair. You gotta cut the hair. See, the Yankees do one thing right: they have clean cut, clean shaven ball players." That's how you're supposed to have. The Angels have all these beatniks out there. They should be serving coffee. <laughs> you know? That's that's his mentality. That's funny. Yeah, they should be serving coffee in Seattle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> does he work at a brewery? Todd, Todd, does he work? Does he work at Carl Strauss? <laughs> yeah, that's my pops, man. He's he's very old school, so uh, he he doesn't like the long hair stuff, but. Yeah, I mean, he, can, he can get away with saying that kind of stuff. People are just like, okay, boomer. But yeah. like, if you and I say that, it's like, ooh, canceled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's He's got his uh, old guy card that he could play. But I yeah, mean, Garrett, going back to Garrett, Garrett was was as clean cut as they were. Uh, he never had a bad thing to say. Uh, constant professional. I think that's what my dad liked him. He just he had a nice demeanor about him and just clutch as hell. I mean, uh, 
I didn't like the fan the fact fans used to rip him because they thought he was lazy and left field, but I thought he he was pretty good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. GA good ball player. Great yeah, ball player. Absolutely. One of the all time best Angels. Do you? Who do you think number should be retired first? Because I think all Angels fans are going to be like, oh, Tim Sam and Garrett Anderson. You know mm-hmm. what? Maybe that's a question of the day. Who should get their number retired first, Garrett Anderson or Tim Sam? Uh, yeah, you, you. I don't know. That's a tough one, man. Um, yeah. I mean, you could even throw Darren Erstad in the mix. Um, I think if, if, if Eckstein would have finished his career here, you could have thrown him in the mix, but he went to St. Louis. Um and then the Padres. Yeah, then the Padres. And uh, I think he was – wasn't he coaching with the Pirates up until this year? Great question. Something like that. And then um, you have certain players. I mean, you could think of – I mean, a lot of people would say Weaver too. Like you got to re- – you know, you got to retire yeah. Weaver's number. Um, some would – you know, Frankie Rodriguez. I mean, Troy Persil. There was just an era of angels that should have their numbers retired, for, but for whatever reason, they haven't discussed it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I you know what? Like, the Angels just don't strike me as a retired number kind of team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the Yankees are like, you get your number retired. Everybody <laughs> gets their number retired. It's like Oprah runs there, uh-huh. or, you know, runs them or something. Uh, the Steinbrenner family is just like, everyone, don't get me wrong. Obviously, I get it. The Yankees have had some of the best all-time players, blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, you know, the Angels have had some good players, too. It's actually crazy to me to think that Vlad was the first Hall of Famer the Angels ever had. Yeah, that that was uh, – a lot of things could have went different. Had they kept Nolan Ryan, I'm pretty sure he retires an Angel. You know, if they would have signed – Most him. people know him as an Angel. He yeah. should have gone in as an Angel. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I mean, he did some good stuff with the Mets, but, like, the Rangers was, like, latter career. His prime was with the Angels. His prime was obviously with the Angels. I mean, he got four of his seven no-hitters as an angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's so. that's the tough part. Um, What else you got or, or as far as uh, retire? Oh, the, the Dodgers. I don't want to bring that up to, to follow along. The Dodgers were a team that uh, doesn't retire numbers, obviously. Like some people would be like, oh, it's kind of sacrilegious. You see someone wearing Mike, like uh, Mike Socha's number. You know, a lot of people love, love him with the Dodgers. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay, <laughs> but but I'm just saying there's there's certain guys that you know the Dodgers would you would think retire their number and they don't. So do they have any retired numbers? Other I'm than not Jack- a fan, so that I have to look up. Other than Jackie Robinson, new Jackie Robinson doesn't count because that's obviously you know a league mm-hmm. wide thing. Okay, so they do have some retired numbers. No, hold hold that thought real quick. Hold that thought real quick. Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers actually have 10 retired numbers. Uh, Don Drysdale, obviously Jackie, Roy Caminella, Sandy Koufax, Walter Alston, Don Sutton, Jim Gulliman, Duke Snyder, Tony La Russa, and Pee Wee Reese. But this isn't a Dodger podcast, so I just wanted to throw that out there. I think the Angels, off the top of my head, had maybe like six. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Yeah. They, Is that right? Because I mean, what you got the singing cowboy, you've got. Is Fergosi's number retired? Good question. Yeah, you might want to look that sh- up. I'm pretty sure it is. I, mean, I know for sure Nolan Ryan. Um, people are like shouting at their, you know, their radios. <laughs> yeah, the radios, podcasts. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's all the same. It's all the same. <laughs> okay. All right. So yeah, Gene Autry. Those uh-huh. are obviously, right about that. Rod Carew. Yeah, Rod Carew. Of course. Nolan Ryan. Yep, got that one. Uh, Jimmy Reese. Yeah, he was Jim with Fergozzi. Yeah, got that. Okay, that's it. Now, see, I have, I have hey, a, I have, I have a problem with Carew though. Crew okay. was an all-time Twins guy. He came to the Angels latter part of his career, was pretty much done. He was just getting the stats. He actually left the team a year before they went on their magical playoff run in '86. So oh. he was he was done in '85. I don't really think he really. I think he got in because of his Twins accomplishments. I don't think he should be in the Angel Hall of Fame for. I mean, he really didn't do too much with the Angels. To be honest, I mean, maybe, but I mean, I've got a, a rebuttal for you. Remember, I grew up in San Diego. I mean, Steve Garvey's numbers retired as a Padre. And mm-hmm. I get it. He got the home run that essentially got them over the Cubs to get him to the first World Series. I get it. But it's the same thing, right? Rod Carew got his huge accomplishment as an angel. Mm-hmm. 3,000 career hit. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, Steve Garvey got in for basically one home run. That is, is that true. the reason why Carew got in? Because of 3,000 hits? And if that's the reason, does Pujols' number get retired? I don't uh, think it should, but I mean, with that logic. With th- that logic. You know, why'd you have to remind me of that? Because I think you're right. With your with that logic, I think you're right. I think Pujols gets his number retired as an angel. He should not. But something tells me that Artie is the kind of guy who put that in your contract. I don't know why Artie just that kind of guy to be. You're like, oh, well, we're, we're going to retire your number. What do you think, Artie? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's got that side smoke right there. That, <laughs> and mustachio. <laughs> he's like Viva Pujols. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, shirt merch. <laughs> Viva Pujols. <laughs> yeah, but it's a poop emoji. Oh man, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, watch your mouth, son. <laughs> yeah, right. But. Um, yeah, this this team is something else. Uh, I I really really uh, I was hoping like like you said, when it, when it comes to Hall of Fame players, and you li- went down the Dodgers. I mean, they have a list of guys. Obviously, they have a longer history, um, and a richer history because of their playoff success. It's just it it's mind boggling that you know we don't have more at least retired or Angels players that we can say, hey, you know, remember that guy because. I think this year, especially 2022, with the 20th anniversary of the Angels' only World Series appearance and victory, there should be some retired numbers coming up. I mean, don't you think? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, exactly. Here's the thing, man. Us as Angels fans have longed to have our guy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we had them in the you know late 90s, early 2000s with, you know, the Salmons, the, the Andersons. But – for the lo- the larger part of our history, we haven't really had our guys. Mm-hmm. Every other organization has had those guys, you know, with a couple of exceptions, you know, for guys, you know, for teams who have long to have some people. But, you know, the team up to five has have had several of their guys. Mm-hmm. You know, now we kind of have our guy with Trout. And, you know, if everything plays out the way it should because of his lifetime contract, he will retire as an angel, and that will be our guy. Mm-hmm. What I want know is you know if Mike Trout can finally come back healthy and stay healthy we he has not been healthy since what 2016 mm-hmm. I mean last year it doesn't really count it was 60 games but you know is he if he can stay healthy ish 
Is he going to be the new Mr. Angel? Will he hop over Tim Salmon as Mr. Angel? I think he already has. I think he you could, think so? Yeah, I think he could retire today and be a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's just put together that kind of resume already. Uh, I think, what's I think gonna, you're right. I think what's going to hurt him, though, however, is right now he's ahead of Barry Bonds. You know his, but you got to remember Barry Bonds steroids. His best years was the tail end of his career. Had he been putting up Trout numbers and we didn't have COVID season the last three seasons, he'd be he'd be probably on par to catch Bonds as a home run champ. I don't think it's going to happen now, unless he just yeah. goes on a tear. But um, but yeah, I, I think he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah, I think that the thing that like is the most depressing, like I said, he hasn't really been healthy since like 2016, is the fact that. With the amount of time he's missed, we're now looking at like roughly like a year, a full year missed and some change. Because mm-hmm. 2017, he missed like two full months. Uh, 18, I know he had a slight injury. Same with 19. I don't think either of those were anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, 19, did he have surgery? I think he did. And he got shut down like in August. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he that ended sounds the season right. early, yeah. And then last year, obviously, was kind of robbed from everybody. And then now this year, he's missed more games than he was in. So, mm-hmm. I mean, all that combined, I mean, we're put, talking about a year and a half in total that we could have missed. I mean, that's probably him batting about 280 to 300. And we're talking about him missing, you know, you know I, what do you think? About 40-ish to 50 home runs being conservative? Yeah. Maybe yeah. more. Yeah, and then all those RBIs. You know, if we're bases. assuming he's going to have like a down year. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, stolen bases, we're probably talking about 20-ish. He, he doesn't see like he used to. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, RBIs, we're talking about maybe 150, potentially, that could because, you know, he still drives and runs. So, you know, I just don't want Trout to be that guy. Because what I would hate is to think back in, like, 10 years when, you know, he does retire and think maybe they were right, maybe we should have traded Trout. You know, and it sounds sacrilegious to say, but it's making me upset to think that after a year like this year, maybe light, light, uh, life after Trout would have existed. And there's going to be some people, maybe the Halo Hawks who straight upon this, who are like, oh, oh my God, oh, oh, oh my God, I'm going to throw up. He said life after Trout. <laughs> but the real Angels fans are going to sit back and be like, you know, he's true. He's right. Because trust me, I was one of the biggest guys who was against, oh, we cannot trade Trout. This is our guy. Mm-hmm. But now that we have him, and he's basically you know not been a full player since twenty a full time player since twenty sixteen. Naturally, your brain starts to think, especially after a year like this year. Did light light after Trout actually exist? Where were you on this subject when they were talking about trading him? You know, for the last couple of years, all the articles were coming out that oh, the Angels should trade Trout. Um, I was trying to think how they could do it, and you cannot. To trade a player like him, you cannot trade a, You can't go team to team. You cannot do a two-team trade. It would take three or four teams to do it because the Angels would have to get a King's Ransom back. And obviously, if you're trading Trout to a contender, they're not going to want to give up their squad because then Trout's right back to the way he was before. So what you'd have to do is you'd have to work a trade to where you trade a player or two to another team that's loaded with prospects, good prospects, and another team as well. You got to involve them. They got to trade their prospects to the Angels. They got to get something back. You're fleecing the contender for their minor league squad and maybe another squad, but they get their main piece to go along with their major league caliber playoff team. I think that's the only way it would work. 
and and to work a deal like that for a generational player, good luck to you. But I would say you're not going to get Jacob Degrom back like the Angel fans think. You're not going to, you know, the Mets are they're not going to give you Syndergaard Degrom and say, hey, there you go, man. You take our pitching staff. It's not going to work. You got to make it to a team. You know, he's got to make it to a team that's going to win. You know, he's not going to approve a trade to a team that you just made him significantly worse. So it's it's a difficult thing to do. So for that reason in 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 mindset, I don't think they're ever going to trade him unless he's on the downside of his career. I don't I don't think anytime soon he's going to be tradable. Yeah. He's just he's too there's going to be too too much of a high price and no matter what the Angels get, you're always going to be looked at cross-sided because did they get enough for him? And I don't think they do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was always my mindset from the beginning, you know, during those days. Because, I mean, us Angel fans remember, you know, every single trade deadline, oh, here we go with this horse shit again. Like, oh, mm -hmm. they're going to trade trap. Oh, they should trade trap. They're going to trade trap. And that's all you heard. ESPN, MLB Network. Oh, should the Angels rebuild and trade Mike Trout? That's all we heard yeah. forever. We're talking every single year. And now we're hearing it with a different phenom, Shohei Otani. Um, you know, we have. Next year with Shohei Otani, which he's under contract, and the year afterward will be his third and final year of arbitration mm. uh, until potentially becoming a free agent in 2024. So we still got to deal with it for two more years. I think you know, I'd love us to keep Shohei Otani, but <clears throat> my worry is if we keep Shohei Otani, is it going to be a situation like we've been in? We're going to have three big contracts in Trout, Redone, and Otani. And then we're going to have to replace him with everybody else. At that point, Jared Walsh is going to be asking for money. He's producing. David Fletcher is under contract for roughly that time. So he'll be mm -hmm. here. But then after that, just a bunch of question marks. Yeah. I mean, this is this is why, like, we love to be the GM, the armchair GM. But when, <laughs> when put in place and having to deal with the big question marks and what to do, yeah, I don't want that job, dude. That's a lot of responsibility. That's, you know, you're you're trying to get the future of this squad together. And that's Perry's job now. We'll have to see if he's the the guy that leads us to the promised land. Because, um, like you said, I'll commit this off season. I'll do a this off season. I'll do a full episode where I talk about how to fix the Angels immediately. But back to your point. Go ahead. No, no, I was finishing up my point. I'm just saying Perry's just got a hell of a job ahead of him. If he if he doesn't already know, he's he's got he's got his work cut out for him, basically. You know what I will say is Perry's in a much better position right now where we stand than Billy Epler ever was. Because mm -hmm. right now, we're in a position where, you know what, man, maybe starting pitching isn't the issue. I'm not saying don't go out there and get a starter. I think we still need to go get one veteran presence. You know, you need to get a Max Scherzer for a two-year contract. You need to get somebody like that who's been there and done that. Maybe not somebody who's going to be vocal, but somebody who will lead by example. You know, is that Alex Cobb? That could be Alex Cobb, but we need somebody else who really, really, really is going to show these guys what it's like to have a winning attitude. I like Alex Cobb. He's impressed me. I'll be the first one to admit that as soon as the, I got the new version of MLB The Show, you know, like April, Alex Cobb was the first guy I traded. I was like, well, I'm turning this guy. <laughs> so I'll be the first to admit that. But what I will say, I'll only crow on that too. Alex Cobb has done great. But on the other hand, he's been injured. Is he a lot more injured than we think? Maybe. He hasn't come back yet. It started off with what? Was it a blister? It was a blister. And it turned into and a now, Yeah. And now what? Is he out for the season? I mean, hold, I mean, don't hold your breath. 
It sounds like he got the flesh-eating bacteria and it went up to his wrist. It went from his finger to his wrist. <laughs> Dude, what are they doing in the training room? <laughs> no, seriously, I'm just like, what the hell are you guys doing in there? Dude, I mean, what do, do we have the same training staff as the Chargers who punctured Tyrod Taylor's <laughs> lung? It's just like, what are we doing? That's right. How do you puncture somebody's lung? <laughs> They're all, we don't want you to be the starting quarterback. <clears throat> Shank him. <laughs> yeah, didn't they say like uh, they were trying to like release pressure or something? And I'm just something. Saying, what? What are we doing? Like acupuncture on this guy's lung? Oh, two pins, too many. <laughs> it's like is that what they did with like Alex Cobb? They're like, okay, we, we're gonna we're gonna do some acupuncture on his wrist. Oh no, we used the flesh eating virus. Pins. <laughs> no. Well, I, this team has also been responsible for staff infections, so I don't put anything pa- by them, dude. I mean, how do you get <laughs> this? Is ridiculous, dude. You know, yeah, dude. I mean, Ar- Artie, directly <laughs> behind you. You need to fire the medical staff, or I will fire them for you, my friend. We're gonna go to Chalk Children's Hospital, get the five best medical <laughs> professionals they have. That's gonna be better with the name. Chalk does a good job, so I'll give them that. Jokes aside, chalk is great. I'll vouch for that too, dude. They make those kids not. I remember my daughter had a seizure uh, when she was younger, real bad seizure. And they kept her in chalk hospital for a couple of days. And she didn't want to leave because she was pampered. I mean, her room looked better than her room at home. They had video games and stuff all over the walls. She she didn't want to leave. She's like, can I stay? I'm like, no, you got to go. This is too expensive. (laughs) So, but uh, yeah. uh, So moving on, uh, let's, let's talk finally about the freaking uh series about the blue jays okay my ears won't pop sorry no you explains the, the the face <laughs> i don't think what's going on <laughs> but uh blue jay series they split in four games uh what are your takes from this series i mean i think i predicted a split mm-hmm. courtney predicted a split mm-hmm. and you went halo hawk break a three out of four yeah i went rally Chris. Yeah, I know for sure I predict. Okay, I know for sure I predicted a split. But mm-hmm. the thing with Rally Chris, has he ever predicted a series loss? I, no. I I've never heard it. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. He's, He's pretty. Like, We're gonna take three out of four <laughs> against the Blue Jays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Love you, Rally Chris. I mean, but come on, Rally Chris. You know that's what you do. Take three out of four against the Blue Jays. <laughs> Rally Chris predicts. A series win, and it shows like on the bottom. Yay! It's like yeah. Lincoln's cheering. <laughs> and then, we, and then we get fuck this team. <laughs> yeah, right on the post games. Yeah, get your buttercup merch. <laughs> yeah. You need a lot uh, of that buttercup stuff, man. Yeah, right. Butter. Got to get myself a buttercup water bottle. <laughs> there you go. Because the thirst for a winning team is so severe. And it's never quite quenched. We, us Angels fans here in Orange County and beyond have cotton mouth. Oh, it's your fault, Artie. We're parched as all hell, man. Good God. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't know where to start with that series other than, um, you know, the Blue Jays. I was surprised they, they didn't take three or four from us. You know, I did the honk thing, like you said. But, um, you know, they just didn't have it. Uh, was it Suarez that got beat first? Or was the second game? I think it was Suarez that got beat the second game. Yeah, because I who pitched the first game was it C Rod? 
Yeah, C-Rod pitched good enough to get the victory, but they pulled him. Uh, yeah. Austin okay, Warren so. got the win in relief. Okay, yeah, I'm pulling up the uh, pulling up the box score right now. So, yep, C-Rod, four innings pitch. Remember, this is the seventh inning game. Mm-hmm. Uh, one earned run, two walks, two strikeouts. Uh, Warren, you are absolutely correct, but he did not get the win. Uh, Warren gave up uh, a, a run, the two runs that that time, and then Junior Guerra. No, he got, got the, the victory. Win. Okay, got he it. got the win. Yep. Okay, and then our boy Rysel Iglesias got yep. his twenty fifth save. My mother closer. <laughs> Cut it to Pete Soto. He always says that. Yeah, he went one, two, three in the ninth, and then uh, yeah, game, guys, guys a beast. Game two, Suarez just didn't have it. Uh, he was giving up runs early and uh, a lot of walks. What I will say is for those of you guys who follow uh, Suarez on Instagram, we'll see that he's, like, posted that strikeout on Vlad Jr. like 16 times a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He also got mad at me. I direct messaged him. Did you watch, Did you see that? Not into I it. direct messaged him, and I was like, oh, I'm going to start calling you the curve because, you know, that sick curveball mm-hmm. that struck out Vlad Jr. got mad at me. Oh, geez, what do you say? He got mad at me because he's like, that's not my nickname. And I'm like, oh, my geez. bad, bro. Calm down. My bad. I know. Jose, si estás mirando, perdón, mi amigo, perdón. Mucho amor. Mucho well, amor, mi amigo. He's pretty feisty. Maybe we'll call him feisty. Can you say mucho amor? Mucho amor. Can you say mucho amor? Mucho amor. Uh, uh, that means much love. There you go. There you go. Much love. Much love. There you I'm go. Learning. I'm learning. <laughs> so, yeah, Uh-oh. we lost four nothing. There you go. <laughs> Who needs babble? Battle sponsors. <laughs> so yeah, five point one innings pitched, four earned runs. Um, Quajeda came in, no mm-hmm. runs. Mayors came in, no runs. So it was just Suarez. Yeah, and there was just no offense too. So we moved on to game three, and this one was built as a really good pitchers duel. This was uh, Barrios and uh, Otani, and uh, Otani did. Uh-huh. Was it? That was Thursday. Yeah, it was yesterday, right? That was game three? No, remember it was a four game. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that was game three, though, right? Of the series? No. So game three of the series uh-huh. was Lord Bundy. Oh, that's right. Versus my bad, my bad. Manoa. My bad. Okay. Yeah, and the Angels just got obliterated. Admittedly, you and I weren't watching the game. Yeah, we were yeah. uh, doing an interview. Mm-hmm. We had more important things to do. But <laughs> yeah, great interview, by the way. That was a fun interview. I can't wait for that one to get released. Yeah, we're gonna pop that one in pro- probably later in the week next week. But uh, but I'm telling you, I mean, that game was not even close. We didn't really care to watch. Um, what was it? Ten to two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I don't know how you what you were doing. Uh, like if you had like the game on or anything. But mm-hmm. obviously, I get the notifications on both my iPad the computer and my phone. So we're doing the interview and it's just, the angels are just getting annihilated, annihilated, just mm-hmm. spanked in the butt repetitively, <laughs> repeatedly. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, it's getting, Oh, make it stop. We're already dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I saw the two run homer with Otani. And I'm like, I'm like, heck yeah, we're tied two two. And then it just, like you said, got progressively worse after that. Snowball. Yep. So snowball. That was Otani. a good home run too. Uh-huh. It was uh, Roger Lodge talked about it about twenty thousand times, so uh, yeah. That, <laughs> games, but, games, games. Load up, load, load it up. Load, games. Will you wake up? 
Load it up. See, you were calling for him. He started playing train again. Stop it, Roger. Damn it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so they got that loss there. So that was two in a row. And then uh, they yeah. came back. Then it was Barrios and Otani. So there you go. Correct. Uh, and that and that was uh it, it was if it wasn't for Barrios messing up early in the game, I think that would have been a, a pitcher's duel. because uh, Otani was dialed in the whole night and uh Barrios began to get dialed in after that rough start. Yeah, that was you know, it, that did not let up. I know a lot of people were talking about it and hyping it up, but because of the Field of Dreams game, this game kind of took a back seat. Mm-hmm. You know, understandably, I guess everyone, you know. And that was like, uh, yeah, everyone waited so long for it. So I get it. But, uh, yeah, man, you shouldn't overshadow what uh, what Otani was able to do. I mean, he went three, one for three. Um, he got a walk. So anytime that Otani does that and then pitches that same game, I mean, you need to understand how incredible that was. Mm-hmm. What people, you know, people keep talking about, you know, oh, we're seeing the Japanese Babe Ruth. At what point are people going to start to realize we're not seeing the Japanese Babe Ruth. We're seeing the one and only Shohei Otani. I kind of want that comparison to die. Babe Ruth only consistently pitched and hit for two years. Mm -hmm. He was primarily a hitter for the bulk of his career. And an out of shape one. And he pitched against probably guys that weren't, you know, had jobs in the off season. Uh, He's he's not plumbers. Yeah, he, he wasn't pitching against world class athletes. So exactly, um, what like you said, there's only one Otani, and he's well worth the price of admission. That's why I think with Trout and Otani, we want to see this team much better because they will be a ticket that will be hard to get at some point. Hopefully, when they make the postseason. But um, getting back to it, you know what Otani did in that game. Like you said, he comes out scoreless first inning. He's a leadoff guy. You know, yeah. he's he's not batting ninth. He's the leadoff guy. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of pressure with him. His bat's been a little quiet at times uh, since the All-Star break, but seems like it's getting hot again. Um, he's at least having competitive at-bats now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he looked really bad right off the start in the second half. But um, so, so they were able to get the split. And that that gets us to the Astros series. They have an upcoming series with the Yanks. Um, you know, the last no, they just have a one game with the Yanks. Oh, they don't have a a, a home series with the Yanks. I think they they play the Yankees twice this month because one of them's a makeup game. Okay, okay. So they have the fourteenth, the fifteenth versus the Astros. Sixteenth, they're flying to New York which stinks because I'll be flying to Baltimore, which is a couple hours away. So I'll just be missing it. But I go on Tuesday. Mm. So I'm going to be missing them. And then they go to Detroit, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st, 22nd. They go to Cleveland. And then 24th and 26th, they go to um, Baltimore. Mm. So, you know, a pretty easy, you know, two week or like week and a half. After you face the Yankees, I think they're capable of beating the Yankees. They they've proven that normally they play the Yankees well, and then you know from the seventeenth to the twenty sixth, from the you know Detroit Indians and Orioles, I think they're going to win a lot of those games, and then it'll be just enough to creep back into like oh we're five games out, we're five games out, <laughs> and then you know when they face the Padres, the twenty seventh, twenty eighth, maybe uh, that'll be the reality check. That's gonna be torture. I'm telling you, if they get yeah. back into it, it's going to be torture. Yeah. Um, 
so what else you got going on with the uh anything else wrapping up the toronto series or looking ahead to the astros you know what man just as of right now the best recommendation i have to angels fans is go to the games and joey shohei otani for what he's doing Mm -hmm. this is going to be a season that we tell our kids about this is going to be a series you tell your grandkids about or sorry not a series a a season just because of shohei otani that alone's worth it tickets are going to be cheap af right now you know, go on 714 tickets, go to, you know, whatever. Tickets are going to be like five bucks. Go there, enjoy the game for what it is. You know, we're starting to hit the point of the, of the season now where we're enough out of contention where the only thing that matters to me when I go is that day. That day is the playoffs to me. That day is the World Series because we're probably not going to do it this year. So, you know, enjoy the game for what it is. Enjoy seeing the young kids, man. I'm enjoying it. You mm-hmm. know, I will say – that this team, though they're losing and though it's frustrating, at least the kids are making it more fun because, you know, Adele, Marsh, those guys are at least trying. It isn't, you know, a ball kicked to the corner. Uh, you know, Upton's just going to kick it with his foot and just kind of going to lollygag, you know, little limp arm throw. Mm-hmm. You know, at least these kids are trying. I agree. And, uh, you know, we don't want to see Upton kick anything before, any, anymore because remember when he uh, kicked the wall, uh, was it last year? And he was, or was it a year that before? That sounds right. Yeah, and he it, was it out. Sounds, I think it was last year. Yeah, he was out for a long time with a stubbed toe. So, <laughs> I mean, did, did they have to remove his leg at some point? Because he was out a long-ass time last year. Um, now he got hip surgery. No. <laughs> a total hip surgery. <laughs> he, 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 he smashed his toe and he needs elbow surgery. Tommy John. <laughs> They're like, what? Artie's like, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. He, I'm not going to question it. He's all, he's all, okay, mi amigo. Está bien, todo. Si. Sí. <laughs> but uh, Ooh, canceled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Todd's canceled. Welcome to the Fernando show. It's like the third time you try to cancel me on this show. <laughs> oh man. You're, you're gonna go out to dinner with your friend Pepe Le Pew. It's gonna like that meme with that little African American boy where he's like doing the peace out and he's like fading away. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <"Ugh." laughs> Yeah, and the fourth one he's like gone. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh you got anything else, my man? Uh no. I just I guess I got exactly what I expected out of the Blue Day series. We got that young split. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, as far as the Astros, I mean, I probably would have said one out of three anyway. But we're going to go one of three. I don't think we're going to sweat. We'll win tomorrow just to get back to 500 again. I'm hoping we get at least a W tomorrow because for all those that don't know, it's our uh, first annual, you know, tailgate. So hopefully next year we'll have a lot more people but uh, this one's going to be the, you know, the, the Kickstarter at the worst part of the season. But we'll see how it goes tomorrow. We'll have giveaways and everything at the stadium. We're looking forward to meeting the fans. And uh, so maybe by the time you hear this, it'll be already over or it'll be starting. So it just depends on when I uh, get this out there to everybody, hopefully tomorrow morning or whatever. But uh, I got to run and yeah. pick up the canopies. So um you can get a hold of us anywhere on uh, where you listen to podcasts. Basically, we're there. And uh, check out the Red Bubble for the merch. Uh, you want to tell them a little bit about the merch before we roll? The merch, softest merch out there, softest merch in the game. You got to believe that. the The designs are great, produced and made by Randy Yaz. 
we own all of our merch. So if you're ever going to buy our merch on Breath Bubble, make sure it's from Halos in the infield. A lot of imitators out there. Yeah, there's they're not donating stuff. their money. They're not donating it to minor mm-hmm. league baseball players. We have our point of contact with the 66ers, the assistant general manager. Uh, so that should be a good time. We're looking forward to feeding some uh, some struggling minor leaguers. And I'm not struggling as far as performance, but struggling for a good meal. So a lot of uh, stuff with that on the horizon. Uh, one thing that Todd always forgets to say, rate and review our podcast. Give us one star. Give us five stars, whatever you feel. I'm not out here trying to buy five stars. You think we're a one-star show? We're going to ride that one star proudly. <laughs> yeah, one just, star. If, if you want to ask a question, write a comment, say F you in the comments. That doesn't matter either, too. Just write some comments. That'd be great. So, <laughs> there you go. Slim, I wrote, dear Todd, I wrote you, but you're still like calling. James, you hit the wrong soundbite again. <laughs> James, come on. Write soundbite. Yeah. All right, so (laughs) wake up, James. Uh, So for Todd Fox and the always good co-host, Fernando Mania, peace out. Go Angels. Viva Los Angelitos.